The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. We are on the road today. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, as Elijah Herbal is uh, en route. We don't quite know where he's at. Maybe he's stuck at a toll booth. We will see him in a little bit, but uh, we're excited on the road here. We are in a view of Owen Field, Memorial Stadium, Nebraska, Oklahoma get the touch gloves for the first time since the Big 12 championship game in 2010. Uh, We got in last night in the Uncle Andy Mobile, the RV. He even has uh, a couple of hazmat suits packed just to play along. But uh, we got parked at the Lloyd Noble Center uh, about uh, a couple hours ago. But man, it's been a good time. It's Fun to bump into Oklahoma fans, see a few Nebraska fans just getting ready to put uh, their roots down and uh, start grilling and uh, having a, a beverage or two. So we're here at the Cohiba Lounge and just an incredible event gets going tonight at 630. Uh, remember in 1971, 50 years, the game of the century and uh, so many former uh, Husker greats and uh, Sooner greats going to be on hand here. So if you're on your way to Norman, uh, enjoy and uh, see what uh, can happen tomorrow. Numbers to get in with Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday, powered by your friends at Aero Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group, uh, sending us on the road in the number three's backyard, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. 5865 numbers to get in can email chris at hailvarsity.com and uh, always uh, can email chris at hailvarsity.com is the way to go so when we talk about getting back what you long for as a nebraska fan is to be relevant to be recent and you hear that nebraska's well been off the radar and they haven't been what they used to be granted Uh, 20 years ago, Nebraska was ranked fourth in the country. Ten years ago, uh, Nebraska ranked 11th in the country. Five years ago, you had that Oregon upset. And uh, remember that well, as as loud as Memorial State has been in quite a while. And, uh, of course, uh, you have a chance to do something about your perception, how you're seen by the national folks in college football, how you're seen locally by the fan base that quite honestly is petrified about tomorrow. Not everyone, but a lot of you. And uh, 
Uh, how are you? We have some Nebraska fans and OU fans behind us uh, again here at the Cohiba Lounge, four to six, and again the 1971 reunion uh, follows. Uh, game of the century. Will Wilson back at our studios can watch us as we are on the stream yard. Uh, and that's ESPN Lincoln on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln at Hale Varsity. Uh, Will, it's it's been awesome. It's been a good week in nostalgia. Uh, New York Times bestselling author, uh, big time uh, Husker fan. Growing up, Lars Anderson will be with us. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, going to join us at five o'clock. And then Jimmy Walden, gentleman Jim Walden. Part of the Nebraska coaching staff, of course, Coach Walden at Iowa State and Washington State. But Jim Walden, part of the Vanny staff for 1971, and Jim is uh, as, as good as it gets. Clausburn will be with us for the Friday forecast, and Claus may have a, a sack of tacos to, to deliver to, to Coach Switzer here. But uh, we're fired up. We're excited to be on the road. And, uh, Will, let's talk a little bit here about what you want as a Nebraska fan, Saturday. All I want Saturday is dot, dot, dot. And we can go a lot of different directions. Don't get embarrassed. Don't get blown out. Play tough four quarters of football. Uh, don't give in. I don't know where the score is going to be. I know what my, my score prediction was on KFOR this morning. And I think just based on history, as much as I'd love to see the Scott Frost offense open up and have a 2018-type performance like they did against Ohio State, I just don't know that you've got the same weapons or they're ready to to be that, uh, that potent tomorrow. You don't have a running game that's well-established. Your offensive line has struggled to move people off the football. Uh, your defense has been really, really good. Uh, what are you going to ask them to do? How long can they hang on to deflect a really powerful Sooner offense? You know, what 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 happens? In, in, in these matchups, Nebraska hasn't produced really well offensively. There's been turnovers. There's been inconsistency. And quite honestly, there's been more field goals than touchdowns. And you're stuck at that 17 to 24 point total. And I, you just don't beat Oklahoma in Norman uh, scoring less than, than 35 points. When when they have fallen, it's been a shootout-type ball game. But as a Nebraska fan, what do you want tomorrow? All you want is what? What's the outcome? Yes, a win. Maybe it's a stupid question. But if, if that's not in the cards, what can you put in your back pocket and say, okay, this is progress, this is okay, this can be built on moving forward with the season? And for me, what I want to see tomorrow uh, is is real simple. Try and find a way for this thing to be a four-quarter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some turnovers. Play incredible defense. Play loose. Go have fun. Let it all hang out. And let the world see uh, really how talented Adrian Martinez is. And, and give him some help. Give Adrian some help. Those are some three keys, right? Can we see play action tomorrow? That's all based on the run. Can you get push in the run game that turns into play action and this no fear of failure? Unleash it, man. Try and take the top off a very fast and physical and gritty Oklahoma defense. The run game, key. Play action, big time. Uh, Can you disrupt the Sooner offense enough 
if you're Deontay Williams or Cam Taylor Britt or, uh, or, or, or Robinson or Ben Stilley. Ben Stilley's been playing great football. Caleb Tanner off the edge. What can happen and what's your plan of attack tomorrow, right? You need at least three turnovers tomorrow if you're the Nebraska defense. You need to be about 80% in the red zone touchdown to field goal ratio. And you need to raise hell with uh, TFLs. And you really need to, to batter and bruise Spencer Radler because I tell you what, if Spencer Radler is running for his life or not setting his feet or in trouble under duress, he can have a two-lane type performance. Now, we've had a lot of experts on this week that say, okay, Oklahoma's had their bad game already in September. It was Tulane. But you've got this team that I think has been brought down to earth a little bit post-Tulane. But uh, they still, I, I don't know how jacked they're going to be, quite honestly, for, for Nebraska. I don't think they care uh, for the right. It's not that they don't care. But 18 to 22-year-olds don't know what Nebraska-Oklahoma was like I had growing up. Will, like your folks shared with you, you, you get yep. history. You're still rocking the old Big 8 hat. But tomorrow is what for you uh, with Saturday? If you look at Nebraska, what's it got to be? I, I, Smitty, I just don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to get embarrassed on national television for the 14th time in, in three years. You know, let's not give the media a reason to do what we all hate and are annoyed by at this point. So, I mean, yeah, obviously we all want to win. I just want to, you know, give the media to embarrass Oklahoma. You know, let's embarrass Oklahoma a little bit instead of us getting embarrassed. (laughs) Let's have have the national uh, folks say, what is wrong with OU? They're being dropped from third to 12th, even though they won. Yes. They escaped Nebraska. That'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, uh, it can be a, a changed narrative for Nebraska. Now, I don't know that it is a... Well, yeah, I think it would be. As much guff as Coach Frost has got with his offense, with where they're at in year four, it's it's something that would would everyone would slam the brakes on and say, okay, this is your launching point of the Frost era, uh, and and wow, what a win it would be. I don't. It's not that it can't happen. You've just seen too much self harm. Uh, to believe that they can play a, a clean football game. Uncle Mark has been uh, gracious enough to be along on the road and help me set up. You've come to a lot of these. I think Nebraska has been blown out every time you've been down here, be it Adrian Peterson or, uh, dare I say, the Joe Gans bubble screen that went oh so wrong. Yeah, it's been a lot of heartbreak, a lot of memorable games for the wrong reasons. A lot of my road trips. A lot of bush light. Probably. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the games have been memorable for the wrong reasons. I'm trying to think of the last road game that went well. Virginia Tech went very poorly with the late score. Last second moment, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, You you know what it was? It was probably the Citrus Bowl against Clemson. Okay. The last road game that went well. Great fourth quarter. Wonderful. Shut down. CJ Spiller, Sue dominated. You're you're down two touchdowns and you come back and get it done. But that's that's still that's the 2008 2009 season. Yeah. I mean, no question about it. So it's been forever. Um, I would just love to see us come out, like you said, play to win, not play to not lose, not play to be scared or whatever. Go out and try to win a game. 
take the top off, take your shots, let Adrian just play, play backyard football, let him do what he does best. That works, and from a scheme standpoint, uh, how much time is, is Adrian, and, and I get from an NFL standpoint or a next level, you want guys to be able to do a progression. That's, that's what happens on Sundays. But I know with, with the Tim Beck offense, uh, with Tommy Armstrong, for example, they could predetermine where they wanted to go with the football. And, you know, Tommy was winning nine or ten games. Taylor was winning nine or ten games. You have the same type of player and athlete uh, in Adrian that, you know what, there are some matchups. I'd love to see Elante Brown just let him run and stop after eight yards and then have fun making an open field tackle Oklahoma. Get Omar Manning uh, loose on a dig route and then let him pinata somebody for about four or five uh, more yards after the catch. We'll get into some injury stuff. Uh, who's going to play? Who's going to suit up? Who's likely? Who's probable? Who's still on the shelf? That's all still to come. But I think we're all kind of on the same page if you're a Nebraska fan with what is is hoped for versus expected. And, and we'll bring you back in. I think, sadly, uh, the majority, and this isn't to go like negative town <laughs> this early in the show, but you've just seen it, it go sideways too often. And, and, and in fairness, you're taking on a team that has seven five-stars and 28 four-stars. Now, Nebraska's done a good job of recruiting. Oklahoma's done a good job of recruiting and developed uh, said talent. The biggest thing I want to see, man, uh, get a run game going, get the play action a reality, get the offensive line to move, to move, physically move the other defense, and and just just be a, be a bully, man. Get uh, get get downhill and find a back. And let's see. Uh, I, I bet you money. Grinch is like, oh, it's interesting that Adrian's not kept any uh, on these zone read plays. It's been straight. Shotgun, eye back, handoff. Well, I think they'll have somebody spying Adrian tomorrow, or at least paying attention on that edge uh, when it comes to the zone read game. But move the pocket, roll him out, send uh, four wideouts on all go routes, and let him tuck and run like he did against Illinois. But it should be pretty fascinating. I think Nebraska is going to be in a different uh, mindset. I think Nebraska is going to be in a uh, kind of a free type mentality where they can just go ball and what what can't happen though there can't be a moment that turns momentum and you never get it back nebraska's got a counter momentum splash play special teams whatever the case may be that's been their downfall and uh that that momentum zapper was a strip sack fumble for a, for a touchdown will against illinois yep. that momentum zapper was no doubt a turnover or a special teams play something that uh, that went horribly wrong and that's been an ongoing theme for nebraska for at least 15 years yeah, you're right. And you talk about Adrian running. I wonder if Oklahoma is going to be very prepared for that. I, like, I wonder if they plan for a spy, maybe even. Because, you know, all these teams, all they talk about, Schmitty, is all they're concerned about is Adrian. So, I mean, all you got to do is prevent him, right, in their eyes, and they're fine. Well, you got to have others step up, do their job, yeah. and uh, they have the talent to do it. Coming up, we'll check in with Lars Anderson. Uh, Lars was Sports Illustrated for a number of years. Uh, Lars also uh, with uh, the Jay Barker show down in Tuscaloosa. 
so we'll find out more from Lars, his thoughts on Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, and uh, next hour, Jim Walton going to be with us, uh, longtime coach at Iowa State and Washington State. Um, the other part is really important, 1971, assistant coach, part of the offense, Jim Walton, part of the Vanny staff. We'll talk game of the century with uh, the gentleman, Jim Walden, coming up in hour two. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. I thought we may have a Bill Dolman sighting, but uh, Bill Dolman had a photo and video shoot. I'll let you do your own imagination with that news. Uh, we are on the road. We are in Norman. We're here at the Cohiba Lounge ahead of the Nebraska-Oklahoma 1971 celebration that'll get going at 6.30. You're invited down. Hail Varsity Roadshow, powered by Ferris Financial Group and Aero Brokerage. Uh, I want to see you down here. Excited to be on the road, hot and humid, but uh, we're under a tent. It works out well. I got my cup of coffee. Yes, it's coffee. And uh, we're ready to go. It's Nebraska. It's Oklahoma. It's good to be back down uh, in uh, in Soonerville. And uh, we'll check in with Lars Anderson. Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Week two kicked off Thursday night at a rainy FedEx field as the Washington football team beat the Giants 30-29 on a field goal with no time on the clock. Taylor Heineke led a two-minute drive to set up a game-winning 48-yard field goal, but Dustin Hopkins' kick went wide right. However, Hopkins got a shot at redemption due to an offside penalty on the Giants. Hopkins' second kick was good, and Washington entered the win column this season. The Giants fall to 0-2 after failing to capitalize on several opportunities to build their lead. Daniel Jones ended with 249 yards through the air and 95 on the ground. That was more rushing yards than both Saquon Barkley and Antonio Gibson. Don't forget... Fall is the perfect time to get... Realtors have the expertise, local knowledge, and personal touch to give you a competitive advantage throughout the entire home buying process. And that's something an ordinary agent could never do. So make sure your agent is a Realtor. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. It's the biggest season ever, and NFL Network is here for it. With three exclusive Thursday night football games. September 16th, the Giants battle Washington. September 23rd, the Panthers face the Texans. And September 30th, the Jags take on the Bengals. Plus, on October 10th, it's the Jets and Falcons in a special Sunday morning game live from London. That's big time there. Football is all the way back. Exclusive live games start September 16th, only on NFL Network. We're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is Nebraska-Oklahoma week, a 25-year veteran, national uh, college football writer, and uh, 12-time New York Times best-selling author. Lars Anderson is with us, his latest book with Bruce Arians, A Season in the Sun. Lars, how you doing, man? I know you're a native uh, Lincolnite, Nebraskan. OU Nebraska week's got to make you smile. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I wish the game was on a little bit later. I'm sure a lot of people do, but uh, I, I'll, I'll take it. 
and uh, hopefully it's not a blowout, though I fear it will be. Yeah, that's the hope, right? Let's uh, let's cover that number for some of us, uh, 22, 23 and a half. But uh, Lars, what, what does Nebraska-Oklahoma invoke for you with college football? I mean, I, I'm sure you've talked about this a lot over the years, but, um, you know, I, I was born in 1971, and my dad always tells me the story of, of how he watched the, the, the sort of the original game of the century, uh, Lyle Bremser's fam- uh, famous call on Johnny Rogers' punt return. Years later, I did a story on Greg Pruitt, and I didn't realize this, but Greg Pruitt was the uh, first person on that punt return that missed the tackle on Rodgers. And Pruitt believes, and you know, a lot of people do, if Pruitt makes that tackle, Pruitt actually ends up winning the Heisman that year and not Johnny Rodgers. And, um, and then I've also spent a lot of time with Johnny over the years. One night he, was, uh, he always comes to, to New York for the Heisman banquet. Uh, so does Mike Rogier. Uh, they're, they're, they're quite the uh, one-two pair. And uh, one evening, Mike Regier, myself, Johnny Rogers, and Tony Dorsett went out in a limo after the – and I don't even remember, like, how I got caught up in this crew. But um, we went out, and I, I took them to an after-hours bar in Spanish Harlem. And we were there until the sun came up. It was so much fun. It was one of the one of the greatest <laughs> nights of my it was one of the greatest nights of my life. And um, you know, if, if something bad had happened, though, I was always worried that uh, you know, if there was in the uh, in the in the story that would be written, you know, if it was obituary, I would be the one that would be sort of buried in the story. <laughs> I wouldn't have been prominently uh, displayed. But no, everything went great. We had a really uh, enjoyable evening, um, and uh, I, I remember like Johnny wrote a long note to my dad. And uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away just like a couple weeks later, and I never got a chance to give him uh, that note. But uh, he was he was my dad's favorite player. And then in 1981, I'm uh, I'm, a te- I'm 10 years old. I'm sorry, it was 1978. Uh, 1978, and I don't believe Tom Osborne had beaten Oklahoma yet. Oklahoma comes to Lincoln. Still remember as vividly, sort of gray, overcast. Uh, colder day. Billy Sims fumbles, I think, six, seven times. But before the game, yeah, my, my dad had, um, let's say, more than a few cocktails, probably at Barrymore's. And, um, and so he was just determined. Even though my brother and I and my dad all had a ticket, he wanted me to sneak into the game because he just had a feeling that you know, that Nebraska is going to win this game, and he wanted me to have an unbroken ticket for posterity. And so he just, uh, he just told me, once I'm, you're going to squeeze in between your brother and I. And at the time, you know, there wasn't like a police officer or security at every gate. And usually the people taking the ticket were in their 70s or 80s. And he was just like, once you get in, you just run like Isaiah Moses hip. You just run like I am hip. Don't turn back and just meet us at our seats later. And uh, sure enough, I made it through, uh, ran, ran as fast as I could. And, uh, and uh, I uh, met my dad and my brother at, at our seats. 
Nebraska ends up winning 17-14. to Still remember Jim Pillen causing that fumble about the three-yard line that Billy Sims had late in the game. And to this day, I, have, I, I frame that ticket, and it is in my office right above my desk. And I look at that ticket every single day, and it brings back such good memories of, of my dad and just uh, the colorful character he was and just how Nebraska football, it, it just brought us together uh, as, as a father and a son. My most cherished moments with my dad were going to Nebraska games, and really that is why uh, I love college football so much. Is ultimately the reason I went into uh, into sports writing and and doing what I do today, and so much of it goes back to that unbroken ticket again that I look at every single day. Lars Anderson with us, Hale Varsity Radio, and Lars Anderson, seventy one, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, his latest book with Bruce Arians, A Season in the Sun, co-host of the Jay Barker Show. Lars, you make me smile when you talk about your dad. I talk to you about my dad and uh, our love for for college footballs from our fathers. And uh, the the 1991 Oklahoma game was was my first. All right, you and your brother are going. (laughs) Like for years, it was dad took mom. (laughs) But we got to go watch uh, Calvin Jones do his thing uh, as it took us a year to thaw out after that 91 game but your story about 78 so incredible and that unbroken ticket and over the years Lars you, you've seen a lot of heartache but when Nebraska and T.O. and those great Nebraska teams would rise to the occasion and beat Barry I mean it, it there were no Thanksgivings like them you know it, there were also some Thanksgivings that were just miserable because of what happened with Oklahoma and Nebraska yeah, absolutely, and uh, it was all. It was, you know, I I, I talked to my friends in, in Alabama who are who are my age, and they remember those great Nebraska Oklahoma rivalry games. And you know, the only thing that's really comparable is is the Iron Bowl now with uh, Alabama Auburn year in and year out. And um, and by the way, I wrote a story in in Sports Illustrated, and the title of it is Unbroken Ticket. I, I think you can probably find it online in detail about that but um, yeah just some of the the, the best the, the best memories were um, were uh, those Oklahoma Nebraska games unfortunately Barry Switzer and, and Sooner Magic and Keith Jackson and you know all those all those games where you just you thought we had them uh, uh, Jarvis Redwine running like 89 yards on about the third play of the game, and then Nebraska doesn't do anything the rest of the rest. I mean, I, I can almost recite every single Oklahoma-Nebraska game from the 80s and 90s, and uh, and I do have a, uh, a I, I do have a, a picture from Tom Osborne. I think it's his 250th win was over Oklahoma, and you can see the scoreboard in the background. It's in the fourth quarter, and it's something like 63 to nothing. And, uh, again, that's a, another cherished picture I have. And, and uh, you know, I, I just, again, for this Saturday, uh, you know, as, as a native Nebraskan, I, I certainly hope they can keep it close. And, uh, I, you know, hey, Tulane was able to keep it close. They were able to to sort of uh, make Spencer Rattler uncomfortable. And uh, maybe Nebraska can do the same. But, 
you know, it, it's going to be tough, I think, for Nebraska to move the ball. Oklahoma's defense is improved, uh, has improved over the last few years. And um, Adrian Martinez is probably going to have to play the game of his life to, to keep this game close. Adrian's been playing good ball, and uh, we'll see where, where that goes. Uh, Lars Anderson with us at Lars Anderson 71, co-host Jay Barker show. His latest bestseller, A Season in the Sun with Bruce Arians, uh, that Tampa title, and a 12-time New York Times bestselling author in, in uh, 25 plus years of college football writing and analysis from Lars. And uh, we love talking. Lars, what would a what would a win mean for Coach Frost? I know he's had a tough uh, intro to year four with uh, the Illinois debacle. Yeah, that Illinois game was pretty bad. Um, you know, I, you look at the other coaches who were hired the same year as Scott Frost. And Scott Frost was the number one candidate. He was Florida's number one target. And, and, and Scott turned Florida down to come to Nebraska. They said Florida hires Dan Mullen. Mullen has got Florida now uh, in the top 15. Chip Kelly, it, it looked like it was going to be a disaster in UCLA. He was the same sort of or the same uh, coaching class as, as, as Scott and uh, Chip Kelly, UCLA, upsets LSU. They're now in the top 25. Nebraska hasn't sniffed the top 25 since Scott Frost got to, uh, or I don't think they have at least, got, got to Lincoln. Uh, third losing his coach, I believe, in Nebraska football history. First coach in 60 years of three consecutive losing seasons. But, you know, I've, I've been back a few times to Nebraska recently, and um, I, I, I talk to fans, and they seem to have a much more patience than other than the rest of the country. I mean, there's the, the sort of national college football writers believe that this is sort of Scott's last stand. I, I don't think that's the case. I think probably the feeling in the athletic department, especially with Trev Alberts, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, if Scott can't get it done, you know, who can? Uh, but uh, to me, it w- one, it would be a signature victory. Uh, two, it would, uh, you know, it would cool things down for him, cool down the, the proverbial hot seat, and, uh, and it would just sort of get people off of his back. And, uh, you know, nationally, I, I'm telling you, I, I talked to, like, I would talk to Tim Brando every week. And Tim Brando said that he was, that when Scott was hired, he was going to be his generation's Nick Saban, who's going to win multiple national titles. And, and uh, boy, Tim has really been taking it uh, on the chin on, on social media uh, because of that tweet has sort of resurfaced, and uh, especially after the Illinois game. And, um, you know, it, Illinois, I think they've lost, what, their last two games after beating Nebraska? Illinois is not a good team. And uh, and they just they flat out beat Nebraska. Actually, Nebraska beat themselves, which was so aggravating. It's the same, as, as Scott said after the game, it's the same movie just being replayed over and over again. And at some point, you can't. who does the blame fall on? Does the blame fall on the players? Is it, is it, is it, or does it fall on the coaching staff? Does all this undisciplined play... Does it fall on the coaching staff or does it fall on the players? Lars Anderson with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road in Norman, the Cohiba Lounge, the site of the 
1971 Nebraska-Oklahoma Game of the Century 50th anniversary celebration. A few more minutes coming up with Lars Anderson. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hail Varsity Radio on the road here at the Cohiba Lounge here uh, ahead of the 1971 celebration. More with Lars Anderson, native Nebraskan, and uh, grew up going to big red games. Oklahoma, Nebraska, so special to Lars. And, uh, you know, you could argue it's a combination of the both, but the one common element of these last three years has been Scott and the staff. And uh, it, it is incredibly aggravating to watch this team and let me ask you this, Chris. Is the program in better shape today than it was when Scott began? It's, it's that, old, that old question that, that uh, I think it was Ronald the Reagan The Reagan asked, question, uh, right? Are you yeah, better now than you yeah. were four years so, ago? Yeah. So, so what, what's the answer to that? What, what do you think? I, I think they've, they're better off body-wise, body-type-wise, depth-wise. I think his best team was, was that first season. Uh, 2018, Lars, where they finished four and eight, but won, I think, four of their last six games, almost beat Ohio State. A lot of close losses. You had a phenom in freshman Adrian Martinez. He has regressed, although he has stopped that backslide, in my opinion, this fourth season. Adrian's playing good ball, uh, hasn't got all the help. Um, I think their line was better in 18. Their defense was miles away from where they are now, so the defense is better, and they've figured out what they can and can't do in the Big Ten. So they've gotten better, bigger body types at wide receiver. Now in 18, they had Stanley Morgan and Spielman and, uh, J- and, and Stoll, so I mean, they were better, and they had Ozigbo at running back, who's also on NFL roster. So they had a better run game and supporting cast for Adrian. Um, I think they can get to where They've got competent to really good playmakers on offense. I think the defense is really pretty talented and Big Ten ready. But their O-line and their run game is still a mystery. It's been Adrian left, right, or let's get out of a a fire drill because I've got four guys breathing down my neck from the defensive line. So um, it's mixed. They're they're better in some areas than they were four years ago, but record-wise, uh, as we speak, they're two and one. But what's the outlook? It doesn't look like they'll be at 500 this year. They'll have to upset some people. Maybe they can get better. Maybe they can do it. But uh, they need to, to make uh, progress moving forward. And you got to ask yourself, from a staff standpoint, uh, if they don't get to a postseason, are, are staff changes going to be made? And what's Trev's level of patience like? I mean, he's the one that's going to be pulling his hair out if they keep beating themselves versus getting beat by a better team. Yeah, and another thing I've noticed that is really frustrating is the wide receivers simply don't get any separation from the defensive backs. I mean, so they're they're not helping Adrian Martinez out. And I, I was talking with Jay, Jay Barker, my radio partner, former quarterback at Alabama, winning this quarterback at Alabama, which is saying something. But he, he said he didn't understand. He, he went back and sort of watched the – 
the, 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 the coach's film of the Nebraska game because he was curious about Adrian Martinez. And he's like, he's just holding on to the ball like a beat too long. For whatever reason, he, he's a gun shy. He's not, he's not just letting the ball rip because he did have guys open uh, in, the, in the Illinois game. And he, either he wasn't seeing them or he was just hesitant to throw the ball for, for some reason. And it, it still may go back to that lack of confidence uh, that we saw manifest quite a bit last season. Uh, he is playing better. I mean, he makes spectacular plays. That, that run against Buffalo was un- unreal. Uh, Buffalo's a good team, by the way. That, that was a solid victory. I know Buffalo's in the MAC conference and all that, but Buffalo's a very good team, as you know, Chris. And in uh, and, and Nebraska, uh, that was, that was, that was a, a good victory for Nebraska heading into Oklahoma week. Uh, their kicker, their kicker's got to start making the gimmies, got to start making the extra points. I mean, that, the, the kicker ultimately cost uh, a lot of people a lot of money in that Illinois game, who, uh, who bet, I, I think it was the over, uh, yours truly included. Uh, he makes those two, he, he makes those, he, yeah, he makes those two extra points and you, you get the over. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's an issue. But um, I did see that, that, you know, he sort of manned up and faced the media after the game, give him credit for that. And, uh, and hopefully, again, hopefully Nebraska's going to need some turnovers. They're going to have to play a clean game, no penalties, or limit the penalties, and, and break off uh, a big play here or there. they got to win special teams. I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, it's time for him to uh, have a little bit of redemption for uh, these uh, these head scratching decisions he's made, and uh, you know he could make a big play on special teams. You, you never know, you never know. But it, it's going to be a tall mountain to climb. Well, we'll see how it shakes out in Norman. We're on the road uh, in Norman, and uh, Lars Anderson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, the Jay Barker Show. Uh, New York Times bestselling author 12 times over a season in the sun with Bruce Arians, the Tampa title run from last year. Lars, we'll get caught up here in in a couple of weeks as the season moves forward. Thanks for talking uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma memories and importance with us here, bud, on on the show today. Enjoy Norman. It is the flattest place on the planet. I uh, I was there a few years ago, and I couldn't believe that it was even flatter than Nebraska. So, uh, but it, it, enjoy Norman. It's going to be a great atmosphere, and um, yeah, just, let's see if uh, the Huskers can pull off. Maybe maybe we can have some Husker magic in this this new generation, uh, rather than the Sooner magic that always came to back to fight the Huskers in the Osborne era. I will get the the rabbit and the top hat ready. Lars, you be good. Thanks again, man. (laughs) All right. You too, my friend. Bye-bye. Good to hear from Lars Anderson. We will be uh, joined on site here momentarily by uh, Sooner great Marcus Dupree. He just wrapped his podcast out. We are on the road. We are in Norman, Cohiba Lounge, where we are at today. And for Real Red Reaction tomorrow uh, with ESPN, and uh, that's powered by Hale Varsity. Who put us on the road? Who says, all right, let's get Schmidt out of the state. Uh, Two great sponsors, of course. Arrow Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group. When it comes to Ferris Financial, their goal is to educate, to coach, to help you work towards your investment goals. And their specialty is strategy. 
They can also help you with budgeting, planning, and overall strategy. And if there's a, a time of transition, and the, you know what the last 16, 18 months have been all about transition, whether it's a new job or a job change, Ferris Financial Group there for you. And uh, what do you want to do when it's time to hang it up? Do you want to get a golf course, a golf cart? Do you, do you want to spend your time and days golfing or by the pool or just with the grandkids? Uh, they are ready to help you with retirement and your future and anywhere in between. Ferris Financial Group, contact Marcus Schmidt today at 402-525-6824 or marcus.schmidt at lpl.com can email. Uh, Ferris Financial Group helping power the Hale Varsity Roadshow here in Norman. FerrisFinancialGroup.com. Will Wilson back at our ESPN studios. Bill Dolman's coming up. Uh, the gentleman, Jim Walden, going to be with us next hour. And don't forget Clausburn and the Friday forecast. Hale Varsity continues on. Marcus Dupree shortly. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding out this first hour, we're here at the Cohiba Lounge. It's Hale Varsity on the road, powered by your friends at Ferris Financial Group and Arrow Brokerage. Uh, I have sent my brother to try and tackle Marcus Dupree. That would not end well. My brother's pretty athletic. Uh, I think uh, Marcus can still rush rush for a thousand. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if uh, we get uh, Marcus Dupree. He was good dude, man. Came over, said what's up. Is he was just wrapping up his podcast. Uh, we will check in with Bill Dolman and uh, former Nebraska assistant and two-time head coach Jim Walden going to be with us. In hour two, don't forget Clausburn in the forecast. Uh, we tell you about Arrow Brokerage helping power the Hale Varsity Roadshow. Arrow, a full-service real estate brokerage owned and operated by local real estate investors. They specialize in real estate investment and uh, their talented team there to help clients with all faculties of real estate. That includes buying and selling, but also staging, investing, and much more. And uh, if you're looking for help uh, with uh, real estate investment management, Aero Brokerage there for you. Uh, Jenny Limbach or Marcus Schmidt can email brokerage at aerolincoln.com. The website, aerolincoln.com backslash brokerage. Facebook at Aero LNK. And when it comes to Instagram, at Aero underscore Lincoln. Uh, Ted, a longtime listener, emails in, and this is uh, kind of on the, the heels of Nebraska and progress. Uh, and Ted kind of nails it here. Uh, there are uh, some formulas here for success with a new coach. First, you hire a, a known super coach like Urban Meyer or Bob Stoops. We will see Bob Stoops in a little bit or Nick Saban. The uh, coaches bring in e- either immediate five-star recruits and there's instant success. You look at Saban year two. You look at Stoops year two. Uh, you look at uh, Urban. And Urban did a great job of, of picking spots, but also uh, developing that, that talent level. Second, you hire a potential superstar like Coach Frost and hope it pans out. 
there's very few super coaches, and I'm not sure that uh, any of them would be interested in Nebraska, a team that is 20 years removed from relevance. I am therefore still riding with Scott. Ted, you know, I think Nebraska, because you've been a blue blood, you have a chance to, to get that relevance back quickly. Uh, that door is open and then held open for you if you go get a win like this. But some of the some of the super coaches you're talking about, they go get that wow. They go get that attention-grabbing win early. I mean, you know what? Alabama was 6-7 and seven in Saban's first year. They lost to the, the Colorado team that uh, Ndamukong Sue and, and Alex Henry – uh, finished off, okay, and then then what happened? Oh, here's Julio Jones. <laughs> here's Mark Ingram. Here's uh, three straight NFL quarterback first round picks. So Nebraska has a chance to write things, put Illinois behind them, play good football, clean football tomorrow, and you can still get beat by 17 because Oklahoma is just better. But uh, can Oklahoma maybe pull a Nebraska? That's provide a helping hand. Hour two on the way. Road show Friday. Hail Varsity at the Cohiba Lounge right in front of the 1971 50th anniversary of the game of the century. It's Hail Varsity. Two, three, one, five. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back to it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, back at our ESPN studios. We're at the Cohiba Lounge. We are on site. We are storming Norman, and just across the street from campus. We're three blocks from Owen Field, and we are celebrating the uh, Nebraska-Oklahoma Game of the Century, 1971. So many Husker greats are filing in here to the Cohiba Lounge. Uh, Marcus Dupree. Uh, stiff-armed. I'm kidding. He was awesome. He's pretty cool. Here comes Taft Tony Davis, says what's up. And uh, we are excited here to get into Hour 2. Jim Walden going to be with us uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we will catch up with Clausburn, maybe a Marcus Dupree sighting. And uh, we welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman with us. Billy D., you know Norman well, my friend. It's uh, It's a hot, sunny day. It's quite different from uh, gray, cold skies the day after Turkey Day. But, man, it feels electric down here. It feels alive again with Nebraska, Oklahoma uh, still on the schedule. How's your week been? Well, it's good. What are you doing down there again? I'm down here covering Nebraska, Oklahoma. Oh, oh We're, we're okay. here That's live. Right. Okay, okay, and I then forgot. we're doing real red reaction. I'm not, I didn't, uh, fil- I'm not I filming in hotel on. rooms like some people I know. <laughs> I forgot that game was uh, going on uh, since uh, uh, Nebraska wow. is apparently, uh, you know, irrelevant in the college football uh, landscape. I-, I think this whole this whole week has just once again proven what I've said for so many years now. Despite the struggles Nebraska's had, 
that Nebraska is still very relevant in college football, whether the Huskers are good, whether they're bad, whether they're great, whether they're media, whatever the case might be, Nebraska is still on the marquee in college football. Even though you get to harken back 50 years to the greatest game ever played between two of the greatest teams ever assembled, it's still significant that Nebraska and Oklahoma are meeting. And I would say this, that if the powers that be who created the Big 12 in the mid-1990s had not made the fateful decision to end the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry as an every-year game, that college football and the college sports world would look a whole lot different right now because the Big 12, Nebraska would still be in the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas would not be going to the SEC. We may have had a lot of changes when it comes to college football realignment and whatnot, but had Nebraska and Oklahoma met every year, the Big 12 would still have Nebraska and Oklahoma in it now until the end of time, and the college sports landscape would be different than what we have right now. That's how significant that rivalry was. At OU went with Texas because of of recruiting, and uh, Nebraska replaced uh, Oklahoma with Colorado. So, and and then things shifted because of Texas. Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports, the private Fairberry, host of the Tom Osborne Show. Bill, I want to get into today's matchup in a moment, but uh, as close as you are to Coach Osborne, and I know things, I don't want to say got easier, but they looked a hell of a lot easier against Oklahoma. But... Uh, being around him and, and Coach Devaney as, as much as you were, you know, what what did you glean from them with this matchup? We, we know how important it was. We know about the fan base. We know about the, the obsession to beat Oklahoma, the heartache, and then the triumph. But just, you know, in the quiet moments or just normal moments around the office or the practice field, uh, how did those guys act to your memory when this week hit? Well, I can remember the days when I was a student assistant at Nebraska and having to go up to the press box, and I've told the story many times about uh, you know Ben Boyle and I used to run crowd noise with what sounded like a crowd from a Lincoln Northeast, Lincoln High game, but nevertheless, we'd be up there in the press box, and you'd, you'd run crowd noise, but it was locked out. I mean, there were... You know, there were security guards around the stadium, and, and it didn't matter if that game was home or away, but primarily when the game was in Lincoln. But, you know, I can remember being up there um, in lockdown with my microphone and cassette tape player and, you know, hitting play, hitting rewind, hitting play, hitting rewind, and uh, having a security guard coming up there and telling me that I needed to leave because I was not authorized to be there. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But when this tape runs out, you need to hit rewind and then play because you're going to be the stadium. You're going to be the uh, the crowd noise, and if there's no crowd noise for the uh, for the uh, practice down there, you're the one that's going to be in trouble, not me. And so he goes to the radio and oh, okay, yeah, you you can stay. But I said, well, if you want to, but just make sure the microphone stays up next to the speaker. I mean, it was there was no doubt that those weeks had a lot a lot more tension to them and a lot more. You know, dare I say, paranoia to them, and you know, justifiably so. But I think what was great about it, and I was thinking about it today, you know, players came there at the beginning of the season in August, and Oklahoma was on their mind. Players came into the program in the summer as freshmen and knew that Oklahoma in November was going to be on their mind. And now it, it's 
you know, you're trying to instill in people what Nebraska-Oklahoma meant, and that's really what this whole week seems to have been about with the national media is, you know, remembering back to a, a, you know, a much more glorious time in college football when this was the game and it meant everything. So, you know, Tom knew that as, as, as you know, never too high, never too low as Tom was. You know, this game was essentially everything, even though you took them one game at a time. But once you got done with Missouri in October, which is always a black and blue game, it was always about Nebraska and Oklahoma and winning the Big Eight title. And, of course, Tom you know, transformed his entire program in the early 1980s by outdueling Barry Switzer for Turner Gill. And, you know, that was, that's what predicated the great run that Tom had from that moment on. Bill Dolman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, talking Nebraska and Oklahoma. We're here at the Cohiba Lounge, the celebration, the 50th anniversary, Nebraska-Oklahoma game of the century. Kickoff, uh, big noon tomorrow for Fox. Of course, 11 o'clock Central, and a Real Red Reaction follows here. We're just three blocks from the stadium. A lot of the Husker greats are uh, gathering here. And a really cool celebration, 6.30 to 9.30 tonight. Bill, let's talk Saturday and uh, tell me how it can happen for Nebraska to A, stay competitive, B, do the impossible, uh, and that's pull the upset. Uh, where, first and foremost, where are you at with tomorrow? What do you think is going to happen? Well, here's the first thing that Nebraska needs to do. On the first, in the first series and perhaps the first play, they need to run one of those pass plays where they pick the defensive backs off so they can get that penalty out of the way. Because we do know <laughs> that Nebraska is going to have a touchdown called back when they run that same pass pattern because that's just the way it is, right? Uh, I don't know if there are Big Ten officials covering this game, but we know that they'll throw a flag on that. So the first play of the game is Nebraska needs to run that crossing route so that they get that penalty called and they can get the touchdown wiped off the board. Uh, that's just going to happen. Uh, Nebraska's got to play. Um, they're not going to play error-free football. That's just going to be impossible. It's not going to be the 71 game where there's only one penalty and a couple of turnovers on each side. We know this Nebraska football team unfortunately has a propensity to have a penalty at the wrong time, to have a turnover at the wrong time. So we know that's going to happen. But they just cannot do something that is stupid, you know, outside of, okay, you get hit hard and you fumble something along those lines. You can't have one of those excessive celebration penalties. You can't have that late hit. You can't give them the idea that we may have a targeting call. You know, everything's got to be fairly clean within the context of the game. That, that first and foremost is going to give them the, the chance. The other thing is they got to run the ball effectively. Are they going to use four guys who are going to carry it six to eight times a piece? I don't know. I'm not sure if that works, but that's what I assume they were going to do, and that's what they've done. I still want to see more option, uh, but the other thing I think this comes down to is, and this is supposed to be Nebraska's strength, is the secondary. That secondary has to be lights out against that group of receivers. That's the bottom line. I don't know how great Spencer Rattler is, but I know that his receivers make him a lot better. And so Nebraska's secondary, usually I say it's got to be on the line, and it always does, but I think Nebraska's secondary is going to be critical and how this game plays out. Big games need to be had by uh, JoJo Doman for sure. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt uh, is going to be a, 
a major factor tomorrow. Ty Robinson getting after Rattler. OU's pretty good with the backs they have. They got the Tennessee transfer. You know, Bill, uh, we are thinking that, all right, you might see uh, Omar Manning tomorrow. I don't know that you're going to see Oliver Martin tomorrow. Uh, You're going to get probably both tight ends back. Uh, It just seems like, Adrian, there's a count or two with him trying to make a read versus just kind of, okay, here's my... Here's my uh, my first option. Let's just get it out of the uh, out of his hands. Uh, d- does Nebraska try and tweak that tomorrow with with what they're asking Adrian to do? Can they let him be a little bit more free uh, when it comes to to what the ask is? Yes, run the football, keep on some zone read, but yes, also uh, a chance to to make things happen ro- with with some run pass option. Well, I, you know, I I don't think this is a game where Adrian Martinez can win it all by himself. I, I think Nebraska's got to get the football in the hands of other people. Uh, they've certainly made a hell of a lot of money for Samari Torre. That guy's gone from a division, uh, what, FCS All-American to probably a third-round draft pick now and is making more money each and every week, NIL or what. Uh, but you know Oklahoma's going to be loading up on that guy. Uh, if you're saying that the tight ends are going to be there, I wrote that down as one of my other keys is they've got to have you know, capable tight ends that can make, you know, make the catch and get some yards after catch and hold on to the football. I think that's critical, but I I don't think this can be a game where you're going to rely on Adrian Martinez scrambling for 71 yards because the the seas parted for him and he's able to lope his way through the secondary. That's just not going to happen. So I I don't want to see this as a game. Well, what are we going to, uh, let Adrian do so Adrian wins the game for us. A- a- Adrian is not going to win the game for Nebraska. He- this is a total team thing. And that's, I really think there's got to be a running back or two, not four, but two that have breakout type games. And, and maybe it's, uh, you know, Morrison, Morrison, you know, going back home to Oklahoma and, and breaking, you know, breaking out and having a big day. I, I don't know. But to me, this cannot be on what Nebraska allows Adrian to do. Everybody's got to be involved. And if Omar Manning is a threat, now's the time to prove it. You know, uh, I think those guys are going to be critical. But I, I just cannot put this game all in Adrian Martinez's hands. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Scott's approach is what? Does Nebraska really truly have no fear of failure tomorrow and do they go attack like he talked about earlier in the week or is is there a bit of uh of scott being gun shy with oh no this uh, could happen the worst case scenario type mindset well you know p- part of me goes back to the days of never too high never too low one game at a time even though what i said earlier you know that everybody knew nebraska and oklahoma in november was a big deal I don't think, you know, I listened to a little bit of what Scott said this week. I like that, you know, we've got a lot to gain and nothing to lose. But at the same time, I think Nebraska's got to go into it with an even keel as best as they possibly can. And again, and not have, you know, some dumb penalty because you are just too jacked up and you're too physical and you're, uh, you're too whatever. I think that there still has to be an approach that, you know, you've got it in your mind that it's Nebraska and Oklahoma, and this is the way college football is supposed to be, and we're going to go play hard, and we're going to not make mistakes. And you know, I don't say businessmen-like, because that's just not possible, but I think Nebraska has to have 
a much more disciplined approach than just putting it all out there and let's see what happens. Uh, because uh, if something bad, could, really, really bad could happen. And, you know, we've seen that with a couple of Ohio State games or Wisconsin games in recent years where nothing to lose. Well, you end up losing really big. Uh, so I, I think Nebraska needs to be much more focused in its enthusiasm for this game than just throw it all out there and let's see what happens. We got, we got nothing to lose. I think from an enthusiasm standpoint, I think Nebraska is going to be excited because they're going against a college football playoff contender, the number three team in the country. And talking with Dean Blevins, uh, honestly, it's a situation where, you know, OU and the history, yeah, the kids have been told about it, but what's their care level and what's the respect level for Nebraska? I think Oklahoma was, was scared enough by Tulane that they'll be focused, but it's a great opportunity for Nebraska tomorrow, and that's how they got to view it. Bill, I need a, a score prediction from you. And uh, give me give me your your pick uh, to to maybe take down a a Bill Dolman Pride of Fairbury MVP. Well, you know I think I read where in Scott's two or three years against Oklahoma, he the, I think the Huskers outscored them something like one forty seven to thirty nine or something along those lines, uh, one thirty nine to forty seven. Uh, I think that's a premonition. So I'm thinking something along the lines of 147 to 39. I, I don't think why that's – I don't see how that's out of the realm of possibility tomorrow. Uh, the other thing I've also been going back to is uh, I take a, a lot of responsibility for that loss in 86 because Keith Jackson made that catch on 4th and 12 right out in front of me. And had I not stepped onto the field and made the tackle uh, or stopped him from making the catch – Nebraska wins that game uh, probably, what, 17 to 10. So I'm going to either go 147-13 or, as it would have been had I made that tackle and prevented him from catching it, 17-10. Bill Dolman giving you a couple of options there. Bill, it's all right. Uh, Even if you would have gotten Keith's way, sooner magic would have happened. Bill, we'll uh, get caught up next week. Thanks for spending time with us, bud. All right, go Big Red, the real Red. There he is, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Tony Davis on the way. Jim Walton coming up with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here, it's Hale Varsity Radio Road Show Friday. We're here at the Cohiba Lounge and our road show with Hale Varsity powered by your friends at Aero Brokerage, Ferris Financial Group. A lot of Husker legends here as uh, we'll celebrate the game of the century, the 50th anniversary, 1971. We welcome in a big-time assistant for Nebraska uh, and Coach Devaney played quarterback for Coach Devaney. Uh, Jim Walton with this uh, great coach at Iowa State and Washington State. Coach, thanks for making time as uh, the, the two big reds are back at it. How is your Friday going? <laughs> well, it's going just great. I'm pretty pumped about the ball game tomorrow. I really am. Uh, you know, I never dreamed they would end that uh, rivalry, and it's kind of fun to see it back playing again, even if they don't play it every year. So kind of fun, Chris. It is fun. We'll see if it, it, it remains fun. The, the folks in Vegas say what they say. I want to go back uh, 50 years, Coach Walden, and uh, when it came to, to prepping for that wishbone, that, that, that attack that Switzer had 
and uh, you and Monty uh, getting things prepared. Uh, how uh, how was it from a from a stress <laughs> level? And and then B, how do you think the defense and Rich Glover and company executed? What a what a memorable game! Fifty five million saw it. Well, I remember it being really intense, uh, Chris, and I think everybody wonders, you know, what, why so intense? Well, two things. I think biggest thing, you had number one and number two in the nation playing each other. Uh, both of them were runaway freight trains as to how they had beat up on the opponents that each had played. So it was just an unbelievable, colossal matchup between two what looked like tremendous football teams and I think and the fact that they played it on Thanksgiving Day which gave it an additional 10 days other than your usual seven from the last games that we both played uh, so I think the build-up was just phenomenal uh, the, the amount of athletes on each team was just over the chart it seems like I saw a thing the other day uh, Jake Potter wrote an article about and I didn't even realize this, that of the top 22 10 teams in the Big 8 Conference that year, the, the number one uh, team on both offensive and defense, there were 17 Nebraska or Oklahoma players on the top 22. So that tells you how many really, really good players were heading right into this thing. So uh, it, it was. we were also nervous. Coach Devaney made us bring our own food. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't really sure that he would, that uh, that he could trust anything, but I think that goes to nervousness, and it was it was nervous. I'm sure Monty Kiffin would tell you if he could remember it. I know he can. Uh, there was times when we thought that you know, with our great defense, we knew we would be pretty good, and then we watched their offense. And the closer the game got, Chris, the more afraid we became. <laughs> With Coach DeVette, so let me ask you, what'd you have to eat if you had to bring your own food? <laughs> well, I think it was always a, a pre-game a, a pre-game steak uh, that we brought. I don't. We did. You know, we had the truck. The people, the trainers, and all brought it down. Mm-hmm. Heck, I can't remember. But normally, uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way: I don't think very many of our guys, including coaches, had enjoyed their pre-game meal. I don't think a lot of it was eaten, so it wouldn't have made a difference what they brought. I don't think we ate very much. We're all too nervous. Were you, were you worried about spying on it by OU? No, I, I, t- I don't think so. I think in those days it was pretty honorable. Uh, I don't think either one of us thought we had to. We had we had all the film. Uh, we had everything that we would need, and uh, you know, and uh, so I, you know, I can't remember if we locked out anybody or not. That you know, Coach Beatty wasn't big on that, and I don't think uh, Barry was either. So I think it was just. You know, more nervousness than anything else and uh, just couldn't wait to get to the game. I think it got to a point where about about Monday of the week we played, it, everybody on both sides, I think, was just so darn ready to play because they were so tired of questions and media and everything being charted and afraid to death to say something that might spark some some good in the other team. So it was, we were ready to, ready to go. Jim Walden's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jim, going to bring in a uh, player of yours and Hall of Famer Tony Davis. Coach, uh, remember Tony, and Tony, say hi to Coach. Coach, how are you? I'm good. Tony, how you doing, my man? Uh, I recognize that Mississippi draw, brother. <laughs> well, are you still you living in Nebraska? No, I'm in Colorado. I've been there 30 years. 
Oh, okay. Well, bless your heart. I know you're down there with all the guys. I wish I was with you, but uh, uh, what I wish more than that, uh, Tony, I wish they'd had a little something Lincoln for the guys that actually won the game and won the national championship. Don't you? Yeah, we'll get through that. Maybe next year, honor him. But, uh, Coach, I watched the game of the century last week. Uh, I hadn't watched it in years, and I watched it. And one thing that was stunning to me, I think Richie Glover was in on every dang tackle. <laughs> it, it, it was the dangest yeah, well, thing I've Rich, ever seen in my life. You know, oh, he was. And we used to tease me, you know, Tony, he worked with us for two. He was one of if not D-line coach for two years out here at Washington State. Well, one year was Warren. I don't want to take credit. But we worked together as coaches two years, and and uh, we used to give him heck about that. And i tell you something. He was a pretty darn good football coach on top of that. And he was almost as good a coach as he was a player. But I'm not sure I give him quite that much. Yeah, in 1971 was my freshman year. It was the last year that yeah. freshmen could not play varsity. Not that I would have. But uh, well, I think you were uh, you were a freshman at Jimmy Burrow. Coach Walden was, 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 was one of the assistant freshman coach. And then Coach Ross breaks his leg. <laughs> Bill Anderson yeah. rolls, rolls him up on the sideline and breaks his leg. And Coach Walden took over as the head freshman coach. Yeah, absolutely. How was that? And, uh, that was a, it was an unbelievable year, and uh, uh, we, it was just you know I, I I teased Jimmy Burrow because we had brought Jimmy Burrow out from the University of Mississippi, Chris and Tony, and uh, he had he actually walked on at Ole Miss, little bitty shrimp of a guy. And I had coached him in high school, and uh, he comes balling out to to Nebraska with all 155 pounds of it, and he was our scout team quarterback through that whole process. And uh, I have to tell you, during the week of the of the of the Oklahoma game, he ran that option damn near as good as Mildred did. <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I remember they brought some of us up. I was running uh, one of the one of the halfback spots there, and I went out on uh, one play. and was supposed to cut Willie Harper, the great Willie Harper, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm not going to cut Willie Harper. Are you crazy? I don't cut him. And Willie snaps, snatches me up and says, "What's what's what's Greg Pruitt going to do to me?" He's probably going to try to cut you. Then you try to cut me. He got mad at me. That's how, that, that was the most intense week I've ever yeah. been around in my life of practice. It was that. I tell everybody, I said, you know, the freshman, I was out there just helping out. I said, it was amazing uh, just just to go through that whole process, the nervousness of everybody. and and uh, But it turned out great, and uh, we won the game, and that's all that matters. Oh, by the way, that freshman team, on that freshman team, the last true freshman team, 14 of those players signed NFL contracts. That's, uh, that's that. recruiting. Isn't that's isn't development. That you know Well, that's Coach Walden. Fisher kept Hey, Chris, that's called Cleet Fisher kept bringing guys in like Tony Davis, telling us they were 6'2 and 180, and then they got there and they were 5'10, 155, and we had to make great players out of them. How's that? That's pretty good. <laughs> Jim Walden with us, Hale Varsity Radio, on the road here at the Cohiba Lounge. Tony Davis, Hall of Fame Husker, and, of course, uh, Jim Walden, a great coach and assistant on that 71 team. Coach Walden, I want to get your – and then, Tony, I want your thoughts as well. Uh, coach first with tomorrow. What What's this opportunity mean for Coach Frost, and what's the outlook for you, Coach Walden? Well, I'll be very honest with you to the Nebraska fans that are listening. I think it's going to be a it would it will take a tremendous effort um, by Nebraska, an almost flawless effort tomorrow. And I don't mean it 
I just don't think right now the depth of the program uh, where Scott wants it to be has had the same opportunity as Oklahoma has had over the last five, ten years to keep things in a certain certain point. And they didn't have that. Nebraska went backwards for several years. Oklahoma, uh, fortunately for them, has never had that. I think they need some turnovers tomorrow. I think it would be nice to get a couple, maybe three, to help. And then I think well, Nebraska has to play almost perfect in terms of the turnover mile. Get as much out of each possession as you possibly can. And then do the best job that you can on their quarterback, which is going to be a tough job. So, uh, all in all, I, I, I look for it to be a tremendously played game. I hope it is. I think uh, I'd be lying if I told you I didn't think Oklahoma might be a little bit the better. Uh, but heck, by that's what upsets are all about. What do you think? Well, about what Coach said that um, we we are building and we look like we're in a building phase right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not quite sure that we can uh, win this game, I, but you never you just don't know, you know. You, just, you never know. It's, something might click with tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, Adrian Martinez is a big key to that. So I also noticed them running a lot more option last week. And I've seen them run in a long time, which is encouraging to me. Well, we'll see if um, Adrian can get it, get it handled, get some help. Coach Walden, this was so much fun to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for jumping on with us today. And, and always appreciate your insight. Good talking to you, Coach. All right, you two guys said take care and let's, uh, let's hold our breath and win a ball game tomorrow. Go Huskers. All right, Coach Jim Alden with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. Tony Davis on site. Tony, a couple of minutes before we got a hard break, but uh, a thought here on this event, celebrating 71. Uh, your, uh, your numbers speak for themselves with what your ability was and how good you were with Nebraska football. But man, uh, does it feel like 50? I guess is the question. As so many, uh, so many great Huskers, and of course the career achievement plaques behind us. You got a slew of them you brought with you. Yeah, we made some. My son Josh makes these. Uh, oh, excuse me. Water. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get. Alumni cap um, plaques. I'm losing my voice. Just a second. We'll uh, get back with Tony Davis here in just a moment. Uh, we're getting water. You good now? <laughs> sort of, kind of? Well, that's what I get for smoking that cigar. That's all um, right, man. That's but, all right. But um, we, we come down here to, to I'm, I'm good friends with Joe Washington, uh, my nemesis, you know. And the, <laughs> in fact, and this, uh, this evening they're having a Sooner event, and I'm going to go down and uh, Dewey Selman's son is mm-hmm. one of the athletic directors here asked me to come down and speak to their group and so I'm going to go down and, and I said the only reason they invited me is I got I got beat three years by the pursuers and so they wanted me somebody who, who didn't beat him I guess. Hang tight Tony Davis with us here Hale Varsity on the road. Uh, we are powered by your friends at Aero Brokerage Ferris Financial Group uh, we are here for post-game tomorrow. Real Red Reaction, of course, weekend edition of Hale Varsity, 7 to 9 a.m. More, uh, we'll do our Friday forecast, the infamous Clausburn on the way. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. 
It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, winding down a road show Friday. We're here at the Cohiba, La- Cohiba Lounge as uh, we are here ahead of the 1971 uh, Nebraska-Oklahoma 50th anniversary celebration. Uh, good stuff from Tony Davis, uh, Jim Walden, Bill Dolman, Lars Anderson. Pretty awesome to, to get caught up, and it's been a great week in nostalgia. And uh, we'll see what Nebraska can do about the here and now and what type of impression they can make. Uh, Ross uh, chimes in uh, on the uh, stream, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. We are streaming live so you can watch and and try and keep your food down. I am not a beautiful man. But uh, you have Ross chiming in here. This is a quality opponent with a full four years of Frost recruits. Win or lose, this game is the statement for Frost coaching skills and his future at Nebraska, period. Uh, it's a knife and a gunfight is what is going on. That's what you have tomorrow. But sometimes you, you get uh, folks that are accurate with, with knives. Let's uh, welcome in the mysterious, the make-believe, the man who wears red. We say hi to Clausburn on Hale Varsity for the Friday forecast. Claus, a uh, pretty big week. It's Nebraska OU. How are, how's it going? Well, it's going good. I, I just keep going back to that liner about you being in your 30s. I don't. We've got to get the voice guy to work on that. But, but don't worry, Chris. No matter how old you get, you'll never be over the hill. Certainly not in that thing you drove to Norman. So I, I think you'll be. I think you'll be fine. Well, let's get into uh, some of the, the the forecast. We will save the Nebraska Oklahoma prediction for last. But let's uh, get in here and talk Cincinnati and Indiana. Indiana got slapped by Iowa. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, is he a USC candidate? Who knows? But the Bearcats, minus three and a half. Indiana needs a bounce back. And I think they do it. I think they, they've learned. I think Penix will take care of the ball a little bit better. And I'm going to take Indiana and the points at home. Uh, just enough, 34 to 30. Indiana in a shootout. Give me the Hoosiers. Will Wilson, what say you? Uh, great pick, Schmitty. I, I like Indiana uh, answering, and uh, I'll take Indiana. Give me a score, brother. Oh, come on. Uh, let's go 32-28, Indiana. Okay. Claus, what do you say here? Cincy or IU? Well, I'm glad Luke has done some good things with that football program. Uh, before Cincinnati really only had a couple things to hang their hat on, the annual WKRP turkey drop. And not being Cleveland. Uh, but with God as my witness, I'm going the opposite way of you fellas. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one, <clears throat> 35, and Indiana 27. Let's head on down to uh, Miami, the U, trying to uh, recover and regroup. Almost uh, a second consecutive loss against Jacksonville State, or maybe that was Florida State. Anywho, App, Appalachian State almost. Uh, did Miami dirty? Bama did. And right now, here comes uh, Michigan State. Mel Tucker 
the U's favored six and a half. I think Mich- Michigan State goes out, gets the road win. I think Michigan State, they'll bring their defense, they'll bring their special teams, and they are just too physical, and they've got a boatload of confidence. Give me Michigan State, just enough offense, 28 to uh, 24. The win, outright win over the U. Maybe I'm wearing too many Big Ten glasses, but I'm going with Sparty. Will, what do you say? Uh, that's a great pick, but I saw like everybody in the world is going for Michigan State, so I just got to go against that. I'll take Miami. Uh, let's go 30 to 17. Claus, what do you say here, Sparty or the U? Well, uh, thinking of Miami, of course, I have plenty of, of my own stories about Miami. But earlier this week, you had a good friend of mine by the name of Barry on. <laughs> and, of course, he coached the famous Miami receiver Michael Irvin uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. And Barry once told me that he made Michael mad by taking away his playbook. And he said Michael was mad because uh, he hadn't finished coloring it yet. Oh, wow. And I said, I said, what's the difference? <clears throat> Michael couldn't stay in the lines anyway unless they were made of white powder. Now, that Jeez. was a different era of Miami. I don't think this team is as good as the ones Michael played on, so I'm with you, Christopher. And I'll take Michigan State 28 and Miami 21. Moving on as uh, we continue with the Friday forecast, Tail Bar City Radio. What do you think of Bama? Bama is favored by almost 15 at Florida. Uh, it was a bit of a scare last year in the SEC championship game. Florida put up a lot of points. Way different Florida team, offensively, defensively. Uh, I think Bama maybe be a bit sluggish, but ends up rolling. Give me Alabama uh, 35-17. And just a barely barely a cover by Bama, but I think they, they do work in the swamp. What do you say, uh, Will? I think Bama wins. I'll take Florida to cover, though. Let's go 30-21. Okay. Uh, Claus, what happens here? Bama, the cover, the win, or is Florida upset-minded? Well, I, I think Bama wins. I think they're the best team in the country. And I think Florida is pretty overrated. In fact, I'd say they're as overrated as USC was. And that's not the only thing that Florida and USC have in common. Of course, they both had a famous athlete go pro and something other than sports, uh, murder. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Roll Tide and RIP Norm McDonald, Bama 41 and Florida 21. Man. All right, let's move on to Claus. We're going to skip the Penn State game. Is that okay? Well, I think we all know where I was going with that, so <laughs> okay. War Eagle, Penn State, yeah. Nebraska and uh, Oklahoma, the line 22 and a half, the Sooners favored. Uh, I think Nebraska maybe gets a little bit of a spark, but too much OU, too much old Nebraska. OU wins, covers 50 to 17. Oklahoma, the win and the cover, and uh, it will not uh, feel good uh, with what OU can do offensively, defensively. And I hope I'm wrong. I don't know that I will be. Uh, what do you say, Will Wilson? I'll go 56-21, Oklahoma. Okay, you think it's a public flogging as well. Correct. Claus, give us the uh, the thought here. What happens here, Oklahoma-Nebraska, minus 22 and a half Sooners? 
Well, as, as you know, Christopher, I, I always pick Nebraska to win. But in this game, I think late in the game, Oklahoma's going to have the advantage 31 to 28. And then they're going to punt. And the kick will be high. It'll hold up there. Cam Taylor Brent will take it at the 30. He'll be hit and get away. Back up field to the 35, to the 40, the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 30, the 20, the 10, and he'll be all the way home. Holy moly. Man, woman, and child, will that put him in the aisles? Cam the Jet Brit Taylor will tear him loose from their shoes. Nebraska 35 and Oklahoma 31. Claus, that is good. We'll talk next week. As you're driving right now, you're following the rules of the road. You're a cautious driver, a defensive driver. But not everyone out there is. Some folks look at a yellow light not as a caution, but as a challenge. Others look at the speed limit not as the maximum, but as the minimum. I'm Vince Powers of Powers Law. We represent folks who've been injured because of bad drivers. 402-474-8000. There's no fee unless we recover money for you. Two years now of feeling fantastic, laser-sharp focus, tons of energy, super positive attitude, and a great relationship with my wife. Hey, it's The Suit. Rob Kelly here at ESPN Lincoln. All of these things can happen for you with one call to Limitless Mail. My life changed substantially within just a few weeks of testosterone replacement therapy. I've lost weight, I look younger, and feel like a new guy. Check out LimitlessMail.com today and get your free evaluation set up. It's easy. Plus, if you're having any ED issues, Limitless Mail can help you there too. Get with it and get healthy, like I did, with a call or visit to Limitless Mail Clinic today. We're short of PCO today. Let's try to stay on schedule. New customers have Emery's exterminator business buzzing. She needs new specialists to tackle a swarm of appointments. Norwegian tree mouse. That's a first. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get one thing straight. There's no one dedicated to getting it done like Cross Country Mortgage. They've got the best closers in the game. Full stop. Who else do you know that can close a home in 21 days or less? With the team chemistry the Cross Country Mortgage loan officers have, a homeowning win couldn't be more certain. We're talking every type of loan. Reno, refi, jumbo, and more. Visit ccm.com to close your mortgage. Cross Country Mortgage, dedicated to getting it done. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 3029, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal housing opportunity. This is an audio demo of the new Sonic app. Just look at that menu. Here are some of the Sonic classics, clearly. I'll customize my tots by adding those. Gotta get the ocean water. What is that color? An ocean blue? See that? Drinks and slushes are always half price in the app. And this is how you do the contactless payment. Will you look at that? I guess you can't. But you can when you order in the Sonic app. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. See app for details. Mobile ordering available at select locations. I'm weatherology meteorologist Derek Dolman with your Capital City forecast. For tonight, partly cloudy, lows around 59. On Saturday, abundant sunshine will see a high temperature into the mid-80s. That's the forecast on Lincoln's ESPN. Currently, it's 74. High school football Friday night. Miller North is in town to play Lincoln East. Coverage begins at 6.50. Brought to you by the Sportscasters Club. ESPN Lincoln, FM 1015, 1480 AM. And now... 
And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Roadshow Friday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Clausburn with the Friday forecast. Jim Walton, the uh, Hall of Fame coach, and uh, Tony Davis, Hall of Fame Husker, the 1971 50th anniversary reunion commencing here at the Cohiba Lounge. And, of course, the career achievement plaque uh, distribution will get underway. Pretty awesome setup here. We are thankful to be out here. Uh, our friends at Aero Brokerage and Ferris Financial making this happen with another road show uh, in Norman. Will Wilson back at our studio. Weekend edition tomorrow morning from Soonerville. The Uncle Andy RV is going to be uh, opened up, and uh, the kegs and eggs will be going. And it'll be tailgate time from 7 to 9 a.m. We'll get to the uh, the game, see how Nebraska performs, and then be back here for real red reaction. Uh, Mark is on the line. Mark, thanks for hanging in. Thanks for your call. Go ahead. Hello, this is Lau from the grave. And boy, I'll give that somebody an E for effort for trying to do my a duplicate. But how it went in 1971, one of the greatest runbacks was, it was here's Wiley's kick. It's high. It holds up there. Rogers takes the ball to 30. He's heading got away. Back upfield to the 35, to the 40. He's to the 45. He's to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, to the 20, to the 10. He's all the way home. Holy moly, man, woman, and child did that. Put them in the aisles. Jenny the Jet Rogers just tore him loose from their shoes, and I'm going out of my gourd. Lord, take me now. I've seen it all. Well done, Mark. A tribute to the great Lyle Bremser. Appreciate the uh, the input. You got a score for us tomorrow? Yeah, I did. Well, I did, you know, history repeats itself. As, as you know, legends live on. So I'm going to go uh, Nebraska 28-24 over Oklahoma on an upset. Three fumbles by Oklahoma. All right. Well done, Mark. Appreciate you listening, man. Not bad. Lyle, I had some buddies that uh, that worked with, with Lyle. And, uh, man, he was as good as it gets. You know, we'll see where things uh, go for Nebraska. Big game for Adrian. Uh, see if he performs, be- performs well. Spencer Rattler, does, does he get... Uh, Yes, I'm going there, rattled by the black shirt defense. Do they get after him? Is it pinata time? Or is OU able to do just whatever the hell they want? And, uh, you know, Nebraska's defense, they'll have to be great tomorrow. They'll have to force turnovers. But they'll also have to get some help with uh, complimentary football. Will, what's on the docket for you tonight, man? I know you're, you're geeked up for uh, for Nebraska OU tomorrow. Yeah, man, I got to go over to my uh, brother's uh, wedding shower, make a brief appearance there, and then head downtown, work a bar shift, and get up at 6 a.m. and head to Kansas City tomorrow. Look at you. Yeah, man, I'm hoping Salvi doesn't hit a home run tonight so I can watch him hit the uh, record tomorrow. Yeah, he's tied with Johnny Bench, yep. 45. And uh, Salvi's... We, uh, we had a chance to see him hit two out when I took uh, Junior down to, to watch his beloved Yankees. Well, hey, thanks, everyone, this week for tuning in to Hale Varsity. Catch the podcast, uh, Good, Bad, or Ugly. Give us a rating. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and subscribe, Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal, Coach Switzer, uh, Grant Wistrom this week, Cody Davis, of course, uh, Brad Edwards, Uncle Mark for helping set this stuff up, Uncle Andy for navigating, and we'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, 
from the tailgate lot. Real Red Reaction live from Norman tomorrow with Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. Enjoy Nebraska OU tomorrow.